Cultivated Marketer, Episode 15, Danielle Bond. We talk with Danielle Bond, Chair of the International Association of Business Communicators, IABC, about the state of professional development and membership organizations. Welcome to Cultivated Marketer, where we talk marketing professional development so your garden of opportunity grows. This is Brent Bowen. And I'm Matt Tidwell. And Matt, you were kind enough and savvy enough to bring on Danielle Bond a few weeks back for us to chat basically the state of IABC, International Association of Business Communicators and membership organizations kind of at large and really interesting conversation with, with Danielle. In fact, I've got a little, this will be dropping about the time I'll be out in Denver speaking about podcasting at one of their events. And so it was really, really kind of prescient that we were able to have her on. Yeah. You know, IBC puts on such great programming around the country. And I know you know that, and, and you've been a speaker as have I at various events. And, and so I think that professional organization, you know, I have this conversation with students all the time, right? It's sort of like, well, how do I keep developing myself over time? Well, you know, we've got these really terrific, particularly in, in the market you and I are in, we have really good chapters even locally of these organizations, but, you know, IABC and, and PRSA and AMA and others, and and they really are great, great providers of, of uh, ongoing content that's delivered in multiple ways, whether that be conferences like you're going to, or obviously now a lot of on-demand virtual types of PD, professional development as well. But I'm really glad we got Danielle on because I'm a little bit partial to IBC because, uh, as you know, I spent three years on, on their international board, the last two of which working with Danielle. And let me tell you, Brent, one of the smarter marketers you will you will find in the world. And I say in the world because she's from Melbourne, Australia, as I'm sure our listeners will will pick up on, But which I think, by the way, is another kind of advantage IBC has that it's truly an international organization. But Danielle is chairman this year, and, and it's you know kind of a difficult time for membership organizations as as it is for a lot of businesses as, as we try to you know figure out what the new normal is going to be for professional development. And so we we obviously spend a lot of time with her talking about that, just sort of the direction IABC will be going strategically to make sure they're able to deliver again that continuing rich content. Yeah, that's it. the conversation was interesting with Danielle to walk through some of the challenges that IBC's facing at an international level. As you know, we're largely based here in the Midwest. It was great to have an Australian guest on the show. You know, the Kansas City chapter of IABC has been a renowned chapter, award-winning chapter. I was on the board locally when we were chapter of the year on one occasion, and and to see some of the things that have been happening with membership organizations over, you know, that was nearly two decades ago. I'm dating myself there. And to see the role that membership organizations are playing and the fluidity there, it was truly interesting to kind of understand how that's taking place, what that looks like across the globe, and then also see the impact locally. And it's not just IBC that's experiencing that that change and maybe struggles to retain members. I just recently joined the board for Social Media Club of Kansas City and I'm now the advocacy chair and helping trying to help them perform outreach within the community and by and large, I think when you and I were talking even, you know, a couple of years ago pre-pandemic, Social Media Club was maybe a model 
for how you might do things locally to retain great membership, you would go to a social media club breakfast and there would be a hundred people attending. Well, since the pandemics occurred, a lot of the programming's really fallen off a cliff and we've really reassembled the board to try and re reinvigorate membership and reinvigorate interest in, in programming. And I know Danielle not only outlined the challenges, she also talked about some truly kind of engaging potential solutions with with membership, not only for for IBC, but I think a lot of different membership organizations. Yeah, I think listeners will be interested to hear that. But you're right, Brent. I mean, gosh, the model really has changed. I mean, in the old days, probably about the time you were on the KCIBC board, I mean, the model was pretty much, you know, rinse, repeat, right? It was like you you would put together your monthly slate of, of, of speakers and, you know, everything would be in person and, and there'd be heavy emphasis as there always should be in these organizations on networking in person. Well, now, of course, much of that has gone away. We've become a, a much more distributed society. Certainly in the pandemic has done nothing but amplify that. And so I think the smart organizations, and I would certainly count IBC as one of those, are, are trying to figure out, you know, what is the best way to, to deliver content. And, and people want things, I think, more you know, we use the term a la carte as opposed to, you know, uh, you pay one price and, and you get a whole menu of services. No, I'd rather maybe pick from the menu, which has sort of been more, for instance, the social media club mm-hmm. model. And so I think the, a lot of the bigger organizations, IABC, including uh, being one of those, are looking at some of those same kinds of ways that they can deliver content in a way that is, you know, more bite-sized, more kind of menu-based but still retain that that feeling of community and that feeling of subscription and and, and the great chapters, like you mentioned, Kansas City being a, a really best-in-class ch- chapter for that global group. So, um, you know, just like everybody else, man, right? You, you got to, you, if you're not evolving, you're, you're stagnant. But let me tell you, this is going to be a great episode because this is a leader in Danielle who is one of the smartest marketers I know and so glad we were able to get her on. Yeah, and, and you speak, one of the things Danielle talks about, and you, you mentioned it, you mentioned the word community, right? And you, you mentioned snackable content, which is part of a great way to serve up introductory content. The other thing it was really cool to talk to Danielle about was the notion of how an organization like IBC can be successful once you get beyond that introductory content. And one of the benefits of a truly global international organization can bring once you get into depth of content and specific community. You mentioned the word community, getting into the communities of interest and that conversation we had with her about communities of interest, specific interest groups, and being able to work together to find share case studies and find solutions, which hits a depth that you don't get at a breakfast. You don't get at a luncheon. And maybe that's the role that a membership organization needs to take in order to be providing real value. Yeah. In fact, you know, one of the projects I'm working on right now for IBC, you just mentioned it is the special interest group project where there and myself and some other people that have been involved in the board through the years and, and key volunteers are, are also in that effort. But, you know, cause we're not just marketers, marketing communicators where we also serve most of us a, a very, particularly if you're in an organization, a specific segment, you're a healthcare communicator, you're an engineering communicator, you may be an academic communicator. And so, and th- with each one of those segments brings, of course, as you know, you know, you spent many years in, in financial services. That, that's, those are different challenges in, as a financial services communicator than you would have, say, in healthcare. Some are the same, but there are also nuanced differences. And so one of the, you know, again, you want to you make sure you're relevant, right? That's another piece of, of staying viable. And I think the, the special interest group project for IBC, which I think we do talk a little bit with Danielle about, mm-hmm. very excited about where we're going with that because I think it does provide, you know, quite a bit of value in those very specific niched areas. 
Well, folks, let's not hold you back from our conversation. We'll go ahead and let you dive into the pool of our conversation that Matt and I have with Danielle Bond. Welcome to Cultivated Marketer, where we talk marketing professional development so your garden of opportunity grows. This is Brent Bowen. And I'm Matt Tidwell. And Brent, I'll tell you what, I get excited about a lot of our episodes, but this one I'm triply excited for because I have a, a good friend and colleague who has agreed to join us today, who also happens to be a real leader in our industry. You know, I think one of the goals of, for this show, as you know, is to try to share voices that are truly at the top of the marketing industry to help people as they develop themselves. And that's really what we have today with Danielle Bond. Danielle is a, a good friend, a former colleague. I just finished, I think I've talked a little bit about on this show, a, a three-year term on the International Executive Board for IABC, the International Association of Business Communicators. And so Danielle and I worked together for the last two years on that organization. And now Danielle is the chairman of the board for IABC. So, so she, we have, we've, we've bumped her upstairs, as we say, in the IABC world, and, and she's now leading the entire organization. And, and I think this will be a fascinating conversation because, gosh, how many times have we talked in this show about just the changes that have been happening at light speed to marketers? And her organization, our organization, IABC, is really on the cutting edge of that. So very excited to have Danielle here. And Danielle, it's so great to see your face again. Thank you for joining us. Great to be here as well. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. And I know you and I have met like this several times because I should say you're in Melbourne, Australia. And so sort of on the other side of the world from, from Brent and myself here in the Midwest of the US. And so we've done lots of meetings where it's been late in the day for those of us here in the US and first thing in the morning, for Danielle, but I know she, once she gets coffee going, and I'm sure that's on its way, if she hasn't had it already, she, she does a great job. So Danielle, so glad to have you with us. And I thought I would start by maybe just asking you a little bit about, well, we'll talk a lot about your role with IBC, but you're a longtime professional marketing communicator as well. Can you tell us a little bit about just your career path and where you are now? Certainly. So I started out perhaps an accidental marketer. I was meant to become a lawyer and I realised in the middle of my tax law course as I looked around the room and looked at my very substantial Taxation Law of Australia book that this was not the profession for me and I had always enjoyed in my humanities degree the journalism subjects, public relations, political science and so I set about a different career path and for the early years of my career I actually worked in theatre and radio so that was quite fun actors and broadcasters and then I found my way somewhat strangely given that I was meant to be a lawyer into a role as a professional services marketer with a law firm and then I, I've now spent decades working in consulting firms first commercial law firms then I worked for Ernst & Young in the accounting world and business financial advisory. And now I work for an engineering and design consulting firm. So I've spanned all the professions. And I guess what's 
common about that sort of career path is really the exposure to a broad ranging group of business issues and working with consultants and professionals, helping their clients resolve those issues. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and you let's see, you mentioned that Oricon is an engineering engineering consulting firm or So well we we we're based in Australia, but we operate across Asia Pacific. So we're in twelve countries. We're about five and a half thousand people and we do lots of I guess what most people would see is the infrastructure. So if you think about the water that comes into your home, the electricity that drives our lives, the transport networks, the buildings that we live and work in, and engineers played a role in all of that. And my coffee has just arrived, Brent and Matt. <laughs> so, you know, I'm a happy woman now. <laughs> Your able assistant. Yeah, your team member did a nice job of delivering that very quietly. We had to now we had to go meta on on that notion. We always giggle about my coffee. People who have been to Melbourne, Australia, might know we're we're a bit special about our coffee. A lot of Italians in this city, and coffee is good. <laughs> That's great. Big big fan of Go Go Juice myself. So yeah. yeah. Well, I know a lot of our listeners probably know about IEBC because a lot of them are members. For those who aren't, I know, and Brent, I know you've been very involved with IEBC as well. What makes, I think, IEBC different to me is in one way, just the I at the beginning of the name. It's truly an international organization. So, you know, I know a lot of us are based locally, local and regional and national organizations that are in this marketing communication space. But what's unique about IABC is that it's truly, you know, one of the things that's unique about IABC is that it's truly international. And so I think as our world shrinks, and I work with young communicators all the time, and they go, oh, gee, well, I really need to do things globally. Answer, yes, it's just a matter of time. That That's a, a thing that really sets IABC apart. But, Daniel, I'm wondering if you could tell us how do you position IABC in terms of what role does it have to play in business globally? And then what role does it have to play and what value does it provide for marketing communicators who belong? Great question. Maybe I'll start with why I think people join professional associations and the benefit of those associations to you. For me, I joined IABC when I moved to Melbourne, Australia. I moved from Sydney where I'd worked for many years and I thought I was moving into a new city and I didn't have a strong network. And I, I joined IABC and they became my go-to network. And it's always been really helpful for me in my career to be able to access people both within my organisation but outside who do similar work to me, people that I can just get input from, test some of my thinking, Early in my career, I was on my own as a marketer, and that that's, can be quite tough, right? And later in my career, I was fortunate to join larger organisations where I had a sort of an in-house network, to peer-to-peer -peer network to work with. But for many of us, associations fill that space. IABC, I think, is uniquely positioned because of its international, as you said, Matt. So I think that's our proposition is both the I and the B of IABC. So business communicators, our job really is to help our organisations 
be successful, leveraging the power of strategic communication. And that combined with international really helps you access some best practice, some powerful networks and connections. So as an example, when I'm doing my day job and an issue might come up, say climate change, pretty topical at the moment, the United Nations just released that quite startling report yesterday, 1.5 increase in temperature, real. So I sit here working with my organisation in two ways thinking about that issue, both what we're doing as a company in the ESG space and then how we position our services for customers who are trying to figure out climate transition risk, etc. I'll always go to IABC to find out where is the best practice happening. And in the case of ESG, I often look to Europe and I look to our European networks and chapters, tap into people who I know do that work. When it comes to other things that I tackle in my day job, crisis communications, I might look to the United States where there's a lot of people who are doing that work. And then in terms of marketing communications, I, I can plug into just a vast network of industries and professionals. So I think that's the proposition broadly, Matt. Great. Yeah, I think those are, Danielle, those are great insights. And you, you talk about, it's interesting from a professional services standpoint, I was thinking back to even some legal folks that work in the legal space here within the States, and they're often a marketing group of one. So the so the peer-to-peer element rang true for me. I know a lot of reformed lawyers that are now walking the path that, that you've walked as well. And you've talked about that peer-to-peer component, and that's a very that's a very invested approach to kind of the peer-to-peer network and thinking about that globally, both the I and the B. But Matt and I've seen through a lot of our conversation that people are starting to approach professional development in a different in different ways that it's really starting to change and they may not have or understand that value proposition so as as a multi-decade IABC member myself and a former local board member for several terms how has and how is IABC maybe adapting to either the future and or even to your point maybe even more effectively marketing what you just articulated around the value proposition of the organization and what it could really do in that in that shrinking kind of global economy. Well, I think there's two things that really I'd respond to. Firstly, we have to meet members where they are and we have to be flexible and let them make the choices that work for them. And I agree with you that choice and sometimes I might just want to access some content. Other times I might actually want to connect with some people or I might just want to come along and browse some of your professional development courses. I may not have a lot of time for volunteering. So we have to be flexible in giving people those choices and recognising that for different um, mark, I'll stick with marketing given this audience, different marketing comms folk will be looking for different things depending on where they are in their career, what industry perhaps they're working in. So with all of that, I believe we have to develop a 
greater flexibility in those offerings and and also think about some things that we're not currently offering. So for instance, and Matt and I have been pretty passionate about this because this is one of our projects, which is the importance of offering shared interest groups. So sometimes I might want to just join the group of professionals who are in engineering, architecture and construction because that's my industry. And in my country, it's a smaller pool and I might feel less comfortable sharing insights and asking for feedback. But in a big world, I'm pretty happy to do that. And so being able to join that sort of industry group could be hugely powerful for me. Others might go, you know what, I'm, I'm interested in change management and I need to plug into that network. So we need that flexibility, perhaps with people in students' early career who want to explore a more international career, being able to connect and network with students and others at that stage of their career around the world could be very powerful. So we're going to build that offering in the next 12 to 18 months. The other point that you raise is as a marketer, I can absolutely see IABC needs to be better at marketing. And I think there's a lot of value that's a well-kept secret and we need to take our own advice. I was telling somebody the other day on a call, you know, if we were advising a company that we were consulting to or that we were working for, we would suggest to them that this would be a better approach. And everyone nodded. I said, so we should take our own advice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's hard. I know sometimes the cop might, my, my, my refrain, the cobbler's kids have no shoes, right? So that can often happen to an organization when they're great at consulting with uh, with the client, but maybe not so much internally. The, the shared interest group concept is really appealing and interesting to me. And I, I like, again, the global perspective too, because the notion of maybe looking within an industry vertical, there there's maybe a less of a reticence or reluctance to participate if it's a global forum and there's less feel of a, a direct competition, probably. If I heard you correctly too, it sounds like there's also going to be topical verticals. So you mentioned crisis as an element earlier around, you know, using IBC members as a resource. I actually also have a little bit of a, a background in ESG, but it's more on the finance side than it is the, the engineering side. It's really in you know, investing in non-SIN stocks and those kinds of things when managing a portfolio. A lot of my marketing experiences in the financial vertical. So sounds like that's topical as well. Did I hear that correctly? I think it's very topical. We're going to pilot first. So we're going to do a proof of concept and we're probably going to set up five, Matt, aren't we? And and it might be a mixture of industry and and topic. And then we'll see how it grows. We've got a you know pretty interesting spread of membership by industry and by by sort of professional specialism. So I feel comfortable that we'll be able to do both industry and and topic, but we need to prove that. Yeah. And just on your point though, Brent, about ESG, I think it would be great, wouldn't it, to get together people that are tackling that issue from finance from service provider, from government, 
because actually it's those connections and what a group of professional communicators could do together understanding those different perspectives we could be much more effective yeah there certainly could be key learnings from different industries based on the approach and based on the things that have to be researched certainly yeah you know one of the things brent that i'm excited about ibc and i give them a lot of credit for is and special shared interest groups is a great example of this and we know this particularly from research into younger generations is that they want choice right they want different ways and danielle kind of articulated some of those for people to be involved and so you know that's yet another way another entry point if you will another value proposition for for a new member particularly a a younger one that may be wanting that again that choice element instead of being locked into a a set of services and so i think again very exciting to work on i'm I'm still very happy to be involved in in that project as as danielle said and we're we're working on the pilot now so that's 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 going to be going to be great Danielle, I want to switch gears just a little bit and talk about why people might want to be involved in an organization like IABC. And then, you know, as you well know, I, I deal with young professionals all the time. That's my day job is working with the, that slice of professionals and colleagues of ours that are maybe 23 years old to 27 or 8 years old. And I, I always tell them in a classroom setting, you know, you need to get involved. You need to be, you need to have more than one thing on your plate from a networking perspective and a professional development perspective. And of course, an organization like IABC is a great way to do that. And so I, I really promote membership. But so I, I would love to hear your, your take on, on what a, a young person can get from that kind of involvement. But I really only need to look back to our last episode. Brent, you may remember we were talking to Jessica Best, who's just a terrific digital marketer here in the Kansas City area, very, very involved in the community with all kinds of organizations, professional and otherwise. And she said something very interesting. She said, you know, when I was a young professional, it was very hard for me to get management experience, management leadership experience in the office. But yet when she became an officer for her local chapter of whatever organization she was talking about, immediately she gets that that dose of management experience that is so hard for a younger person to come by and that just really struck me that you know and made me glad that in, in my own youth i was very active on things like boards but so just that aspect of of learning management skills without having to you know wait if you will for an organization to catch up and promote you and so i think that's just maybe one element of, of what being involved in an organization like IABC can provide. But I know you spend a lot of time thinking about our, what, over a thousand volunteers across the globe and, and what they get out of that experience. So maybe if you could talk a little bit about that, that would be great. So 1,000 volunteer leaders across the world, it's quite remarkable, mm. really. And they are the backbone of the organization. And why do they do it? It's for a variety of reasons. And, and I think younger professional will relate to one quite important one, which is a shared commitment to the our reason for being as an association. So, you know, we believe passionately that strategic communication can be very powerful and a force for good in the world. You know, and it helps deepen understanding across communities around important issues. It can inspire action and we recognise that there is a difference between words and action and the very best, most effective strategic communication does indeed straddle that. And then, you know, for a purpose. And sometimes it's a business purpose. Sometimes it's to help my organisation be financially successful, grow, better serve its customers, better serve its community if it's a not-for-profit or government. But other times, and we've got 
comms pros working on some of the most challenging issues facing our world. So I think if you care about that, it's a great idea to get involved in an association that's advocating for that. And a, a big purpose of IABC is to advance that narrative, that proposition for the world. So that's the lofty and, and I connect with that personally. And then there's the relationship aspect. So I would describe us as not a transactional organisation, but really a relational one. And sometimes you'll be very actively involved and you're absolutely right. You know, the path to becoming a volunteer leader is quite a short one, which is quite exciting, right, compared to other professional organisations where it might take you 10 years to get an opportunity to join the local board. IBC is much faster, very open to having a, a great mix of people and experience. And we see developing volunteer leaders as a really important part of our mission. So we have a leadership development program that runs year round. And we do have people, which is quite funny, but we do have communications professionals running finance and that's actually an excellent skill and you know you're right about management experience and you, the other skill that it taught me both in IABC and an, another association I was involved with is it's taught me how to collaborate with people and those relationship building understanding influencing skills that you use in volunteer organisations especially are hugely useful to you in your career. And it's quite a safe environment to learn those skills. Yeah, I, I was just gonna, I'm glad you mentioned that because that to me is the other element, right? This There is a safety net, right? So if you're running a local chapter of IABC, that of course is a very important role, but it, it's, you know, if you do make a mistake, First of all, those are handled in the right way and, and you've got people to help you, but you're probably not going to lose your day job just because, you know, you you failed to hit 30 people on an invite list or something like that, right? So there's a bit of safety there, which I think is always, always important. Yeah, that's 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 great. So, Danielle, you, you hit on the attributes of IBC, you know, the skills and attributes that less experienced professionals can gain from from those experiences. Now I want you to flip the other side and think about your time at Aracon a little bit. And, you know, with this show being around professional development and you being a leader within your organization, what are the, the skills and attributes that you're looking for when you're building your team and, and what do they need to be successful? So you've mentioned aspirational things to us and talked about a vision but when it comes to brass tacks and you're assembling a team, what what do you look for in those in those professionals these days? So there's two things I look for. One is technical skills and capability because I run the brand marketing and communications function. So within that function, I have a creative team. I have a digital communications and marketing team. I have people who are expert in internal and external communications. And then I've got what I would describe as really strong marketers, content marketing professionals. So there is a skill that I'm looking for, but I actually hire more for attitude, mm. propensity to learn, desire, curiosity, 
whether I think people are good at working in teams because I think today marketing is a team sport, not just working with inside the marketing function but how effectively we can, can collaborate with our sales force. Sometimes we might be working with internal functions, HR, IT, our C-suite. That ability to collaborate in a really constructive way in a professional services context is mission critical. You know, I've worked in organisations where there's been a lot of internal competition, sometimes between comms and marketing, sometimes between marketing and HR, and that doesn't help anybody. So I look for people who are great at building collaborative, constructive relationships inside and outside the organisation. Yeah, helping everyone to deliver a solution. You're not, I don't know if you've watched Ted Lasso, that's near and dear to everybody's hearts here in the, in the States, I know, and maybe some, some folks in the UK, it's a, it's a Apple TV show with a prominent local actor. But I was, as you were talking about that, there's a, and you saying it's a team sport, there's a football player in it that he doesn't learn to, to make a pass until the very last episode. And it comes to break the coach's heart in one way, but make him extremely proud in another because he taught him a better attitude, which is hard to do. I I was glad to hear about the, as somebody that used to run an intern program for a large organization, attitude was generally the thing I know I looked for quite a bit in that propensity to learn. So thank you for sharing that. And look, I think it's one of those things where if you want to build a high-performing team, you're really looking for people who are competitive as well. So getting that mix right of people that really want to do a great job and win but also want to do it as a team, I'm sure there's a lot we can learn from sports. Sure, absolutely. Teamwork and and everything else, as they say. This has been a great conversation, Danielle, but I want to maybe just to kind of bring us to a close. You know, this has been a tough time for the last, what year and a half for organizations all over the world, membership organizations, professional organizations. And, and so, you know, you're, you really have a, as I see, you're coming on as chair of an organization that just like a a lot of organizations has has struggled with the pandemic and and keeping, you know, people engaged and, and having to evolve, as you've mentioned so well. And so I'm just, I'm curious about your, I think a month into your chairmanship now, and so I just talk a little bit about that, that, you know, that I would think that there are two kinds of people. There are those that could, you know, run from that opportunity or those that could sort of run to it. And I see you very much as, as one that has run to it. And, um, and, and so just curious as to what gets you up in the morning from, from that perspective, knowing that there are thousands of, of members and volunteers that are looking to you and to, to our board collectively to help transform the organization. How, how are you feeling as you, uh, as you move into that haunting challenge? Well, I'm feeling pretty good. There are some mornings where I'm like, oh, gosh, it's a big responsibility. I, and I do feel that. You know, the organization's been around for 50 years and, you know, you want to do, you want to look after that legacy, right? And I think it was you who said to me, Matt, that we could think about leading through this pandemic and focus on, oh, my gosh, it really is tough. And it is, right? But it's also a bit of a privilege because not many organisations get to do what we're doing, which is 
help us navigate it and survive it and hopefully hold on to the great things that we've learned because there are positive. You know, we've learned the, the power of, thank goodness for technology, but the power of international connections and whilst we might all truly prefer to get together face-to-face -to -face sometime, I wouldn't get to meet all of my colleagues around the world, but for Zoom and Teams and Squadcast, and that I, I find that, you know, a privilege. The other thing that I kind of try and focus on is the things that I know I can control and not worry about the things that I can't. So, and have a great leadership cohort and tap into that collective leadership because that is actually the only way I think we'll be successful. Yeah. So well said. And, you know, boy, in, in trying or challenging times, you know, organizations need the right people to come along at the right time. And Brent, I can just tell you from working with Danielle, she fits that bill to a T. And I'm so excited about, I know she's, she's articulated and it's out on the IBC website. And I just listened to the terrific podcast that you did the other day with Peter Finn, who's our executive director. And in fact, I would, Brent, that might be something we want to put in the show notes because Danielle spends a lot more time than what we have available here, kind of articulating what I think is just a fantastic upcoming five-year plan that she's articulated for the group and that the board is helping her implement. So yeah. Was there, was there anything that we missed that you would have maybe liked to have mentioned in, in our conversation or is anything else that? Well, I mean, I, I guess I was reflecting on the name of the podcast, The Cultivated Marketer, and I think that's wonderful because continuing to learn about marketing is what keeps marketing so fun, right? It's such a great profession. I and I love the combination of marketing and communication. And it's that integrated nature that to me is the art, how to get that working together. And then the only other thing, there's a passion of mine, but perhaps you've spoken to other guests about it, is just brand. And, you know, the debate with salespeople. <sighs> Um, back in the day, you're, you're, gonna go, you're gonna get me wound up. Back in the day, I worked with a salesperson who I learned a lot from. He was terrific. But he said, I never forget. He said to me early in our business relationship, "Was you know, Danielle, sales without marketing is hard work, but marketing without sales, waste of time." <laughs> and I said, "Let me tell you about brand." Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and and I think that that organisations at the moment are much more aware of their brand. One th one outcome perhaps of the pandemic is your brand is actually maintained loyalty at times of difficulty. As an employer, it's kept your workforce connected and engaged with you. I think it's been very important. So I'm hoping that that will mean that there will be more respect for the longer-term investment that marketers make in brand building. I, I hope so as well. There's been prior to the pandemic, and this is where I was saying I, you'll get me wound up, as I had had a lot of experience with a couple different startups. And mo there's such an emphasis on growth marketing, which we do a lot of in, at my firm. But at the same time, I ended up writing a blog post not too long ago that said, 
growth marketing, let's remember, still starts with top of funnel, which is brand, right? And we're not all in the business of selling t-shirts or God or sex, right? Where the value proposition of those things are well understood or the price point is thus so low that I really don't need to have, like you mentioned, that affinity or loyalty to a brand, right? I mean, in certain cases, I could go to church and they could have the collection plate waiting for me in the parking lot and I would still go ahead and give without hearing the sermon. But that's about the only forum where that's going to take place. And I think the other thing about brand is, and if marketing is just here to sell today, it's going to miss the opportunity tomorrow because we're in such a period of change. Businesses are transforming. Marketing can help position you for the future. It'd be a shame not to be doing that. Yeah. No, couldn't have said it better. So I just get more colorful sometimes. Start throwing out, <laughs> church, start throwing out church and sex, and it gets really pointed. <laughs> Matt, sounds- you had a look on your face like you were going to interject there. No, 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 I completely agree. Just been observing and, and, uh, boy, I've seen that tug of war in the past between marketing and sales. So glad, glad we were able to capture that part of the conversation as well. Well, good. Well, uh, Danielle, it's been a real, real joy to get to, to get to meet you and know you a little bit. I'll look forward to hopefully catching you at the the next international event in New York. I'm planning on going to New York. I'm planning on going to New York. Yeah. Thank you for doing what you're doing on on behalf of IBC and on behalf of marketing communications professionals really around the globe. It's it's such an important organization, such an important mission, and as I said, the the right person at the right time. So, re- really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. My pleasure. If you found value in today's episode, check us out on our website, cultivatedmarketer.com. You'll also be able to subscribe to us Rate us and leave us a comment on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Remember, a garden of opportunity grows with cultivated marketing.